Father, we thank you for what we've already received from you through the fellowship, through the, through the praise. We are just so thankful. I love that song, just thinking of our thankfulness towards you. And Again, we don't want to ever be distracted by what's happening in this world and what's happening in our life. We want to be looking towards you. When we're in trouble, help us to look up. When we're doing well and life is great and we're on top of the mountain, help us to look down and be humble. So that way you can always be glorified in our life. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's uh, great to be here, isn't it, in the house of the Lord? Yes. So I'm supposed to let the kids go, but um, are you teaching the kids today? Yeah. Okay. I wanted you to do five minutes. So maybe let's have Adam. So we were, um, uh, some of us were in the Poconos at a leadership retreat. It was an amazing time. We had guys from South America there, Texas, Las Vegas, California. There was a bunch of people there. I think 150 uh, guys total. And it was really, really uh, a, a great time. It was like boot camp, though. Like we get up early, pray, you know, session, eat, session, eat, session, eat, and you end up falling asleep. Then there's another session, <laughs> but it was really amazing. So I'm gonna like we're gonna do something a little different today. We're gonna have some of the guys um, that were there do five minutes, and then I'll kind of close it off. Okay, so please, before the kids are dismissed, let's have welcome Adam. Hey, let's pray real quick and just thank God for all the sessions that are going to happen. Lord, um, it really was about you. And if we're going to share anything, it was the fact that we were in the house of God with godly people. So each portion, I know I'll miss a lot of it, but blessed to the people that hear it. Blessed to our own hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read a verse real quick that um, wasn't shared during the event. Um, it's a really good verse. And by the way, that worship was awesome. Wow. I mean, if we could just, Pastor Shaw always talks about like grasping the truths that we really, in, in a really deep way. But just singing that last song with him, he's with us, Emmanuel. I mean, if we could really just take a pause there. God is with me. God is with you. Like, really? You know, there's all these movies about superheroes. You know why they're good movies? Because deep down in our hearts, I think we wish we were like that. But as Christians, we are. We literally have God with us. The sword of the spirit. Right? Can you imagine? It really is a sword. If you could imagine for a second a sword of the spirit. Wiping out our enemies. So the things that we actually believe are pretty extreme, but it's real. Emmanuel. So here, so my testimony about this weekend. First um, Peter one eight. It says at the end, 
I'll read the whole verse. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I would say that the men's event was joy unspeakable and full of glory. Um, it was like, I have, I don't think one personality was displayed. One individual person's spirit was displayed. It was like, we were just in the house of God with men that love God. Wasn't it? It was like, we were there, we worshiped. It was like jam-packed with the spirit. Like the words that were shared were perfect, right? Pastor Dennis actually shared first and it was like a really good message. And then the next messages were like counsel. Some were really fun, like really funny. Then some got doctrinal. And then other pastors shared. We took a photo. I mean, we walked the mountains. We had a lot of food. <laughs> it was awesome. So in like the next minute, I really wouldn't hear another testimony. If it's okay, can I hear like the next testimony and then kids? If the kids are good. Like I really want to hear it because I think that's it. I just would say, when people forget about themselves and just think about him, everything gets solved. Like, life is challenging. Kids can be hard sometimes. You know, the, the daily activities, the, you know, the, the things we gotta do, the errands we gotta run, the people we gotta see, the phone calls we gotta make, the job we gotta work. I mean, the yard we gotta take care of. But if you just take all that away, like we did in this like oh wait the mountains of Pennsylvania and just like experienced the personal touch of God through the word, through worship, through love. It was so edifying. Like I can't it was like my last thought. Like when you think about what okay, I love this verse by the way. Jesus said, I have not come the I have they that are whole have no need of a physician or a doctor, but they that are sick. I have, not come to, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Like when we're like good, then okay, you're good. But actually, we should never think that. We should think by the grace of God, I am what I am. So that's, I just like, like received it. I was like, I'm coming here to receive. And it was like so clear. And we have great pastors, by the way, too. And we have a great pastor. I mean it. Dennis is a great guy, man. He comes from a great family. You know, and, and, he's, and he's baked in the loaf and Pastor Schaller and like just all the men of God. We just had a great time. So it was awesome. So I don't know how next year will go, but as we do other things as a group, as a family, like jump on in because it really is awesome. And that's fantastic. to say something. I actually want to hear from Rich. I want to hear from Rich because he was a new guy. Yeah, Rich. Come up here. I got five pages. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I, I pretty much I'm not the 
I have to read it, so sorry. So, at the conference, one of the best things that I saw was a bunch of men <coughs> loving God. They were not academic men, uh, distant men, nor men that could be uh, full of philosophy, but real men, weathered men, men that were dirty in life, men that uh, do God's work, pastors and leaders from all over, all over the world. Uh, there are people that care for God's work, they care for God's people, people that pursue God and his word. There are people that were faithful to getting up even when they fall. There are people who found joy even in, their, in life's difficulties. So what did God say to me personally? He said, I am welcome in his house. Mm. So, some water. <laughs> my name is written in the book of life, that my sins are covered by the blood of the Lamb, by his sacrifice, his resurrection, I have everlasting life. All believers have been given access to the Father, fellowship with his Son, and sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. I thank God that I'm welcome in his presence. Another thing that I learned was just like the Good Shepherd, pastors and leaders are to love their people, to care for his people, to give what talents God has given to them, to enjoy and be happy with his people, without labels or condemnation, but with authority of God's word, with his love and direction, leaders shepherd God's people. God wants us to go deeper with all of us. He wants to love his word. He wants us to know his word and to seek him, to be changed into the likeness of his son. God is patient with us and desires to grow and have us become mature Christians. What holds us back from seeking him, from growing in him? Is it fear and doubt, holding on to our comforts, our sins that make us feel good for a short while? Are we suspicious of God? I know are we suspicious of others. But God is good. God is a good God. He desires our best. He gives us joy in life, even in the midst of pain and tragedies. He gives us victory in life, victory over our pains and our hurts, over our desires that keep, keep us at bay, over our resentments. If you seek him, he gives you victory to forgive, to love people, follow his will, and live in his presence. I loved in the end of the conference, knowing a little bit more about God's will, that he desires to be with us. God told us in Jeremiah chapter three of a people that continue to run from him, a people that adulterize their relationship to him. When he asks us, return to me, return to me, what a God. It doesn't, it won't do me justice five minutes. I don't have enough time to 
really express like what God has showed me on the on the in the weekend. Um, but I I want to try to summarize kind of like one of the thoughts um, from the first day that Pastor Shaw was talking about, and it was um from First Timothy. If you guys want to turn there, you can. First Timothy chapter one. Um, and this letter is basically Paul writing to Timothy, urging him to dig deep in the ministry, like dig deep, encouraging him to like keep going, right? And just as I this thought about the ministry, what is the ministry? Like, what is this ministry? Like, what is the church? Who? What is the purpose of the church? Right? What? Is the ministry. And I. Pastor Schaller kept stressing like. The ministry is. Is is in us. It's about the inner life. It's about the inner life. It's not about like this. We, we have like this. Idea sometimes. That, like, it's like I got to do do do. Like, I wanna, it's good. They're good motivations maybe. Like I want to do for the kingdom of God. I want to work for the kingdom of God. But like. To realize, realize that the ministry is about our inner life. To realize the ministry is about abiding in the word of God, the relationship with Jesus Christ, him, him doing something in our heart inside of us. And like what Adam was saying, like he's in us. He's in us, right? Um, but the motivation, this is what I wanted to say about the message. First um, Timothy chapter 1. And it's about the message that we have, all of us have. And it's verse 5. It says, But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a, and a sincere faith. Right? All these things. Like, uh, we are able ministers of the gospel. What, is, what does this mean? It's like, I want to live my life before God with a clear conscience. We all, it's, sin is inevitable because we have the old man, we have the flesh. But I want to try my best to have a clear conscience when I'm serving the Lord. And how do I do that? It's through the finished work, right? Without the finished work of Jesus Christ, my inner life would be, it's, it's, it wouldn't be sanctified. The new man would not be sanctified without the finished work of Jesus Christ. Um, and then he repeats it later on. I'll just, I don't have that much time, but. <clears throat> um, verse 19, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Right. If we can really focus on like getting to know the father, getting to know Jesus Christ, getting to know who he is. Realize that he is doing a work inside of me, right? And keeping, keeping this faith, keeping the faith, then we will not, our, our, our faith will not be shipwrecked. It's not going to be like a ship going into the rocks and exploding and we're going to walk away from it without faith. Like, there's people in our lives that have walked away from the faith. And I don't really know why they did it. I don't know why they left. All I know is I, I have to know that God is living inside me. 
He's working his work. My ministry is, is it's about the, it's my relationship between me and him first. The anointing is about me and him first. And then once I know that there's an anointing and a communion between me and the, me and God, then, then my ministry going out will be anointed. Right? It's going to be anointed if we realize first that when I'm before God, maybe at a cafe reading my Bible or in my room all alone reading my Bible, it's that anointing that's happening where you're able to, to talk to God transparently. That's where it starts. Where he's speaking to you and declaring the things from above to your heart through the Spirit. But there's so much that was said in this conference that I could talk about, but that's summarizing, I guess, a little bit what was said. But that's it. Amen. Okay. Yeah, so let's see. What would I... Um, I think what I took from the... uh, from the conference was um, servant, servanthood, but being a servant. There was one message on that from Pastor Gary, but uh, incredible. But I was thinking a lot about that, and uh, the thought is, how do we, maybe you could say this, just like, how do we become servants when we're so sinful, right? We always come up short. Like I had a fight with my wife before we came to church. <laughs> She's gonna kill me for that. And I, and I was right. So. <laughs> I always right now say, oh, yeah, sure. Right. But, okay, so the answer to that has to do with friendship, right? And I want to talk about Pete, right there. Pete. Now, Pete, how long have we known each other? When was the first year? I lost track. Yeah, sure you did. 87, right? 85. 85? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 85, so that's... That's what, 37? What is that? I can't, I'm not good at math. 37. <laughs> now, we've been friends since 1985. Okay? This is what I mean about coming up short. But Pete has had a major problem in his life for 37 years. Major. And I have, you know, but I dealt with it. He's a Cleveland Browns fan. So but I, I overlooked it. I overlooked it, and we're still friends to this day. Yeah, he's amazing. Pete's amazing. Yeah, he is. And my wife is more than amazing. She puts up with me because she was right. Uh, but but in uh, I'm going to read Matthew no John 15 15. This is a great verse about how we become a servant, right? Like how does it happen? Because like, we're not. Right. So I'll just you can go if you want to read it. Um, 1515. Uh, okay. So henceforth, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. And when Peter wrote, I'll just say this before we read it. When Peter wrote one of his letters, he said, Peter, a servant, right? I'm a servant, he said. But what does Jesus say here to them? Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. So you know what that means? It just means we become a servant. 
we, we become a servant when we realize that Christ is our friend. Even when we come up short so many times, he's our friend. When we get a, when we get a revelation of that, you know, it stops. Another thing that he spoke about, and I'll say this, it stops suspicion. Have you ever been suspicious of anybody? Ever? Yeah, it happens, right? In, maybe in our relationships, spouse, friendships, church. They spoke, they spoke about this in the ministry. There's suspicion could happen, but who is that from? It's from our own old self. It's from the devil. Atmosphere lies, right? But what deals with that? Friendship, right? Knowing who we are, Christ is our friend, and we don't entertain it, right? We don't entertain it, right? We just don't. You know, we know who the person is in Christ, right? And we just uh, love. And that's how we love, and, and that's because that's what people need, friends, right? person needs friendship in Christ, and we need it. And so, and we find that when we're in our lowest place, and we can't look up, and the Lord says, I have chosen you, right? You're my friend. I'll pick you up. Don't worry about it, right? We, we start having a revelation of God's nature, it changes us. It totally changes us. Right? So that's what I got out of, out of the conference. So God bless you. Okay, that's awesome. Hey, wasn't, I mean, there's other guys that could share. You know, and everybody receives something different, I think, right? Because there was a lot of stuff going on. It's amazing. So, hey, uh, so I'm going to. Yeah, I guess we should do the announcements. We forgot that. So today's church, guys, just in case you missed it. Okay, this is church. <laughs> We're open our Bibles. Um, yeah, on Saturdays, we do outreach uh, every Saturday. Uh, we're on the streets from like 2-ish till about 5, you know, evangelizing, uh, drinking coffee, knocking on doors and doing different stuff. So if you're ever interested... Stephen Diamond's the guy. We go, we follow him wherever he says we go. You know, blindly, we go. We trust him because we're a servant and he's our friend, so. And um, also, so that's on Saturdays. Thursday nights, we have started our Acts series. So I forget the topic, but Pastor Gary is teaching this Thursday, I believe, um, from the book of Acts. Oh, Stephen, right? Are you teaching about Stephen? You forget. I mean, that means he hasn't studied yet. <laughs> it's a great time on Thursday nights. Uh, really, we've been having a lot of fun diving into the book of Acts a little bit. And um, also, so here's the big thing is on October 22nd, we're having a church picnic. And I forget all the information because I don't usually do the announcements. But Jill is right there and she's the person they get in contact with. And listen, like, uh, to me, this is like a little bit of a big deal. It'd be great to have you guys there. Like, there's going to be food and some games, you know, and um, it would be fun. I was thinking to take, like, a church picture there or something, and maybe we could put it on, like, a Christmas card, and we can send it to you. What, what, what is it? Three o'clock. Starts at three? October 22nd, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the idea is that you're going to bring food. And then we're going to eat. And, you know, it's going to be a good time. It's on a Saturday, so please come. Um, there's some other stuff happening. And, again, I don't know what's going on. 
That's why we got Morgan starting to help us out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do Operation Christmas Child. We got 60 or 50 boxes we're going to try to fill. Um, I think we got enough stuff almost for 30 boxes already. And I think we're going to try to reserve a spot here for that. Is it the 12th? I don't know. Okay. More I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's open the Bible. We're good at here. <laughs> There's stuff going on. It's the point, all right? So just uh, be in touch. Um, you know, there are stuff. And we are working on a calendar, guys. That way we're, little, we're working on the organization. Pastor Jason was asking you guys for phone numbers and addresses last week. And the reason why is because we're trying to get more organized. And as we grow, uh, that's going to be more and more important. We've gotten away with not being organized for a little while. So, and thank you for the grace. <laughs> What's that? He just stopped. That's not, that's recording, okay. <laughs> Alright, Jeremiah chapter 3. Let's stand up. So I'm going to share from a verse um, that Pastor Schaller shared at the end of our meeting. So Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 1. They say, if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's, May he return to her again? Would not that land be greatly polluted? But you have played the harlot with many lovers. Isn't that a hard verse, isn't it? Jeremiah 3.1. And if you were to stop there, and actually if you read a lot of the Old Testament, people could say like the God, God was very angry. But then you read Jeremiah chapter 3, and here is an amazing, and, and this one sentence here opens up to the rest of Jeremiah chapter 3, and how he expresses his love towards his people. And it says, I love this, and, and Rich mentioned it, it says, yet return to me, says the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that these last few words of the evening that our hearts will be touched and we will understand not only our sin, and yes, there's something to be said there, and we've mentioned it a little bit tonight, but also that we would understand the great depths of your love for us. And that is why, as uh, Ben saying, we say, thank you, Lord, thank you, thank you. Because we have been touched by the hand of God. We have been loved with an everlasting love. And your mind towards us is that of towards peace. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And we heard a lot of messages, and again, they were, ver they were varying, and the idea was, you know, spiritual leadership, okay? So it was designed, some of the sessions, to help leaders to be better leaders, uh, preachers to be better preachers, um, to have a healthy youth ministry, to have a young adults ministry. All these things were being talked about. But woven in some of these things were the thoughts we've heard. We've heard about, we heard about servanthood. We heard about the Spirit of God. We heard about unity. We heard about this verse here. And, and the idea here is, is that, you know, yes, we are sinful. But it's this idea in John chapter 19, and we call it the finished work. It's this, and we heard this mentioned a couple times. And it's that idea that Jesus on the cross... And his last few words were, it is finished. 
Meaning that the work that God sent them on the earth to do has now been completed. And what was the work that God sent his son on the earth to do? But it was this one word, and, we, and I love this word, it is redemption. We have been redeemed. And you can look into that word redemption in the Greek, and it really points out the idea that we were actually slaves. Isn't that interesting? That we were in the slave market of sin, and God did two things. One is that he bought us out of the slave market, but then after buying us out, he gave us a life after. And that's really what redemption means. And that also is what finished work means. Because if I am in the slave market, how can I work myself out of the markets? Right? I need somebody to buy me out. But then once I'm bought out, how do I become something? How do I make something of myself? Well, it has to be given to me. And that's what we see with God. Is that yes, and you know, Pastor Hadley like spoke for like 30 minutes about how evil we were. (laughs) And it was strangely edifying. (laughs) But you read verses, right? And it talks about the wickedness of man. And, you know, Isaiah 64, we mentioned at some points that even our righteousness is as filthy rags. I mean, we can talk about these things. And, and, And it is amazing. But as believers, these things are known to us. Yet they don't become our identity, right? Our identity is in Jesus Christ. Why? Well, because of what Christ did on the cross, because of the finished work. And here we have this verse. Now, this is what is so amazing. We have this verse in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 1, and it is about a people who have already been redeemed. Now, listen to this. This is the depth of God's love. This is the, the distance of God's grace. And this is like, for like six or seven years, this has been a thought of mine. Like, how far does God's grace go? How deep is his forgiveness? This verse points it out very clear because Jeremiah 3.1 is talking about a people, Israel. He's already redeemed them. They are my people. They are my children. I have given them a place. I have given them a land. I have given them a covenant. I have given them a promise. There is so much to be said about the children of Israel and how they belong to God. Yet Jeremiah is is ministering at the end, right, of Israel's reign, really. And in is coming another nation to destroy them and bring them into captivity. A people that were redeemed, what is being said about these people? He says, you have played the harlot with many lovers. You have played the harlot of many lovers. And he says that even the Mosaic law, if a, you know, a woman marries a man and then it gets divorced, he, she can never go back to him. Like in the Mosaic law, that is impossible. Because, you know, really, she has played the harlots. And if you receive her, then you yourself are also guilty. And I believe in the Mosaic law, both of you were to be killed, actually. If I understand it correctly, I was reading this, you know, we could talk about, you know, adultery, but think about spiritual adultery. OK, and we have a hard time grasping this because many of us don't run around worshiping other gods. You know, does anybody have a statue of Buddha in their in their kitchen? Nobody. Oh, OK, <laughs> I mean, maybe you do. You just won't raise your hand in church. <laughs> 
you know, I mean, do you have like, you know, um, Odin, you know, in, in, in your kitchen or do you have this, uh, you know, we don't, you know, we don't really have these other gods in our house because that's not our culture. Right. But but we're missing the idea of what spiritual adultery really is or idolatry. We're missing what the idea is. Because it's not an issue necessarily of first the object, but it's first an issue of the heart. Let's turn to a couple of verses. Philippians. I'm going to speak slowly so that way it can be typed into <laughs> Philippians chapter 3. Nineteen. It says, but I trust the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I may also be encouraged when you when I know your state. Oh, that's the wrong. That's chapter two, verse 19. Let's go to three, nineteen. It says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. So what is the where is the source of spiritual idolatry. It says there at the very end, it is in their mind or it is in their hearts. Like where is their heart? Where is their minds? Their mind is on earthly things. So if my mind is on earthly things, then what becomes spiritual idolatry? Well, I love this definition. It says anything, spiritual idolatry is, uh, uh, is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and absorbs your imagination more than God. And anything that you seek to give you only what God can give you. That is what spiritual adultery is. And that it is when I place my heart, it is when I absorb things that are in my imagination, it is when I place something and it becomes more important than God, but God is the one who's supposed to fulfill that need. And I was like reading on, you know, when I was studying this morning, like things in Americans' lives that could be classified as spiritual adultery. And, you know, and it's so simple. <laughs> it's finances. It's relationships. It's work. It is all these different things that I find, and it absorbs. What is it absorbing? Not only my heart, but it absorbs my time. Because where your heart lies there, your treasure lies also. So I find myself working and working. And, you know, I mean, I work, you know, too. <laughs> so I'm not saying there's anything wrong by working. But when these simple things become something more than it's supposed to be, then the Bible says that it is spiritual adultery. And God is saying, but I have redeemed you. Why do you care so much about this? You know, and God is saying, you know, you, 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 you love me. You say you love me, but this is all you're giving me. And you're giving this other thing so much more of your attention. It is absorbing so much more of your emotion. It's absorbing so much of your time. It is absorbing so much of your thoughts when you're sitting on the pillow at night. And God is saying, I want to be on your mind when, I, when you are in your bed at night. 
I want this to be on your mind. I want you to open the Bible and to think about the things that I have said towards you because you are redeemed. Those are the things that you're to be thinking about. I mean, at work, could you imagine just thinking about something that God has said to you and have that absorb your, your mind? I mean, it doesn't have to be like superficial or, or, super spi- or hyper-spiritual. But you want to go to your workplace and for a couple of minutes while you're doing whatever you're doing and very simply say, God loves me, and think about it. Well, where does the Bible say that God loves me? Or how does God say it? Well, think about the cross. Oh, that's a great story. Oh, you think about the cross. Or think about Joseph and how God was faithful to Joseph And if God was faithful to him, could God be faithful to me? It doesn't have to be deep and theological, but it has to be something that is on our minds. And I love that, you know, I love the Old Testament. I was in one more verse, Hosea chapter one, verse four. I found myself this morning a lot in the Old Testament. You know, when we talk about grace, the finished work, and the love of God, do we often turn to the Old Testament? I mean, people are like, oh, no, God is an angry God in the Old Testament. He's not a God of love, a God of grace, a God of forgiveness. But look at these verses. Hosea 1, verse 4. I'm going to wait for it to pop up, actually. There we go. It says, And the Lord said to him, Call his name. For, a little, for in a little while I will avenge... <laughs> Did I quote the wrong verse again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what happened this morning? <laughs> is it too... Is it too I mean, it talks about like God will heal their backsliding. You guys see it there? And I will love them freely. That's what he says. I think this was actually mentioned at the conference. Never do this while you're preaching. (laughs) Always know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's in Hosea. I read it this morning. (laughs) You know, but it says, you know, that God is going to heal our backsliding and that he is going to love Israel freely. It's an amazing verse. You know, I was reading about this and it means like that. That God is going to have compassion, but God's compassion, God's love, and God's healing. This is amazing. It's not only in word, you know, because we read in the word what God says, right? Like God says, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to love you freely. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to forgive you. And we read it, and we read it in word, right? And a lot of things in life are only in word, but they are never in deed. But here's what happens when, when God is saying that I'm going to heal and I'm going to love. What the Hebrew word is actually saying is that I do this in word, meaning that he is going to uh, enforce what he's going to do in his, in his words, right? He's going to talk about it. He's going to communicate these things to you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to speak life into you. But not only is it word, but there's also action behind what God is doing. Oh, it's 14.4? See, I got the one part, one and four, right? I just missed another four in there. Thank you. Is it, <laughs> thank you. Is that Nick or is that Google? Nick, I'm Google. Oh, it was. <laughs> hey, I 
hate Google, but I love it, you know? <laughs> you know, so I mean, this is amazing. Look at that verse. For I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For my anger has turned away from him. Like God's, not only is he speaking, but now he is going to do something. So God's, God's divine grace isn't only communicated to you through the word, but it's actually a part of your life in his action. That's amazing. That means that I could get up in the morning and I could read the way God thinks. And then I could go to work and meditate on the way God thinks and I'm going to see how God thinks. How many of you guys have seen the way God thinks? Meaning how many of you have seen grace? Like what, you know, she's right there. (laughs) Now how many of you have seen grace in your life? How many of you have experienced forgiveness How many of you have experienced God healing your backsliding? I mean, have you ever been redeemed and then act like you're not? And what does God do? He brings you back home. You know, in studying, like one of the verses that always pops up, you know, referring to this, is the story of the prodigal son, right? That's a great story because what happens is that the father heals the backsliding of his son. Meaning, healing doesn't mean only restoration, but it also means uh, promotion. That's very important. Because for you to be healed, like the son came back home, okay? That in itself wasn't the healing. Because his idea was to come home and be a servant. That's not the healing. The healing was that, then adding on to it, now we're going to throw you a party. We're going to be excited that you're home. We're going to give you a coat. We're going to give you another ring. We're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to elevate you. See, in the healing, it's not only, okay, you can come back, but now there's a punishment period, you know. If you're good for the next, you know, three, four, seven, fifteen years then maybe you could actually no longer be a servant and then you could sleep in the house and I'll let you be in charge of the kitchen, okay? <laughs> That's not healing. Healing is, not, is, is restoring and then promoting. And that's what God does in our life. He brings us back. He heals us. And then he promotes us in the kingdom. You know, I was in a room with 150 other men. And I'm looking at them. And do you know what I see? I saw some that were healed. You could think drugs, alcohol, streets, you know, hedonism, idolatry, you know, whatever it was. This was in their life. And they get saved. But do you know what I also see in their life? I see God's call in their life. I saw some young men from Delaware, right? who really were be learning how to preach and, 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 and teach the Bible. And I see that God is going to promote them. I was looking at this person and that person and another person, and I was seeing how God was promoting them in their life. And, you know, and we do this every year. You know, guys, if you guys want to come next year, we do this every year. And what we see, we see every year people growing. It was amazing to see the Fed Hill Church downtown Baltimore and to see like a big group there from Fed Hill. It was amazing from the Wilmington, Delaware group to see like a big group coming from, Del- 
from, from Delaware. It was great to see like some guys from York, Pennsylvania and our church there coming. And, it, you know, there's always new people. Do you know what that tells me? That the ministry is being promoted. That people are being redeemed and restored and then they're being promoted. Do you know what? Let's learn the Bible and let God promote us. I don't know what that means in your life. It might mean you're going to be a mega pastor. I hope not. Because nobody should be. <laughs> but do you know what? It might mean that God has given you a ministry. It might mean that ministry is in prayer and serving or in preaching or maybe starting a church in Egypt or Brazil or, you know, wherever, India. I mean, who knows how God will promote us. But if we don't come to God and allow him to heal us, allow him to love us freely. And I love that word. He loves us freely. <laughs> it's freely. It's, it's free, okay, guys? Like, when you come here, it's okay to come here with your baggage, okay? Because God's going to love you freely. Whatever troubles you're having in your life doesn't stop God from loving you today. And maybe today you have some baggage. You know what? I hope by now God has taken it off your shoulders and given you a big hug. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... Thank you so much for these testimonies that we have heard today. We thank you uh, for the ministry that we have. But more importantly, we just, we just thank you that we are redeemed. We thank you for the finished work. We thank you that we don't have to do anything to earn your love. We just have to be sitting in a place and, be, and, and allow you to, to love us. Lord, and we, I pray that each one person here and those that aren't here today and for whatever reason there might be home or sick or whatever is going on in their life, I pray that we can not only see, like, like hear the compassion, the word of God alive, but we can also see the compassion of God. Let us see you this week, Lord. Help us to go to bed uh, with a Bible verse or a word from God. Help us to drive in our car and, and think about a, a, one of the testimonies or, or, or the message that we heard today. Help us to hear your voice. We just love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.